Welcome to Decades From Home, a podcast about the weird and wonderful side of living in Germany. And all without saying, eine Reise ist ein Trunk aus der Quelle des Lebens. I'm Nick Houghton of 40percentgerman.com and I'm joined by my co-host, Simon, all aboard the 9 Euro Express Maddox. Yes, choo-choo. Choo-choo indeed, <laughs> we'll get to that momentarily. But before we uh, talk about train travel and holidays and all that other loveliness mm. there's an elephant in the room well in your room more than anywhere else mm-hmm. you've cut your goddamn beard off oh my god there's still a beard um but i could see your neck <laughs> <laughs> yeah the, the front of my neck is noticeably white after not having any sun <laughs> since, the, since the weather time i mean it's been a long time since i trimmed my beard to any sort of sensible length uh, and this is now I'm on the maximum length that my beard trimmer goes, which I think is 22 mil. Um, so, I mean, it's still, it's a full beard. There's there's no questioning my, my beard level. It's not a poor man's beard, but it's not the, it's not the gargantuan that it was. No. There's the picture that you have on your uh, Twitter mm-hmm. banner, which is the full growth, whereas this is a much more refined, a gentleman's beard, one might uh, say. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a cad's beard. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it. I didn't want yeah. to insult you, but yeah, I definitely uh, lock up your daughters because <laughs> I'm buying a Jag next leather jacket, <laughs> cruising around. <laughs> On, honest to God, if I see you with driving gloves, I will beat you senseless. Uh, no, yeah, it's a it's a good look. Um, yeah, I'm interested to see what your neck looks like. I can see your Adam's apple. It's, it's, it is, yeah. It's, it's unusual seeing these features. We've spoken about. Uh, body image and the one thing that's that I connect to with that is is beard image and anyone that's had a, a substantial beard will know how weird it feels to go from having the biggest beard you've had to something that's less than that yeah. Um, yeah. and everything looks weird like I haven't seen my chin like my actual chin <laughs> in like eight months was the last time probably that I had a normal sized beard and yeah like when I saw it, I was like, my chin's really small. Like, why is, why is my chin so small? And I don't think it is really small, but I, in my head, it's been like halfway down my beard and my beard has been like seven inches long. So that's an extra three and, three and a bit inches of beard, uh, of chin. So yeah, to go to reality is, is quite striking. But the last time I trimmed my beard, I'm, I, I screwed up and ended up cutting my moustache way too short by accident. Oh, and I that remember was, that. It was really traumatising. Yeah, you really seem traumatized when I, I was saw really it. upset for days. I think a lot of people that grow really big beards, it's a security blanket. It's something you grow to to protect yourself and it gives a talking point, it gives a vibe that people can connect to and I think when yeah. you when you remove that that safety blanket, um it can be it can be quite difficult to to deal with. So yeah, I mean I didn't didn't grow big beards until I had issues with my health. Uh, and mental health so i think i feel good about it which is nice and um, there's no trauma and i cut it because of a job interview uh, i figured it'd be a better first impression uh, so there are reasons to be uh, optimistic and upbeat about it as well it's not not just connected to someone being your beard's too long you need to cut it mm. which has been the reason before so there's various different types of, of beards obviously but i think the uh there was that trend a few years ago where it felt like everybody had a beard at that point and you'd you'd grown your beard before, and even though the trends ended, you've continued. So I feel like you're the uh, what's the word? Not the original beard grower, but you know, like the 
like it's it's not a fad for you it's it's not a fashion statement it's more like a piece of your personality almost it is i mean i i've been married for coming up to eight years and my wife has never seen me clean shaven <laughs> she doesn't know what i look like without a beard she's never seen my chin no, she's never seen the the ugly reality <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so yeah it, it is it's very much a part of my personality and <laughs> who i am yeah. it's but it's funny you said like when you shave your beard and and the impact it has and how you can sort of see your neck or whatever right but mm-hmm. like i i have it because i don't grow as beard as long as yours but i'll let it grow out for my, my beard grow out for a couple of weeks and i'll shave it off and i always you always feel that difference of like oh it's like it's weird when it's sort of gone Mm-hmm. But I can't imagine what it'd be like having it any longer because I feel I feel like two weeks worth of growth is about too much for me. Gets that itchy, especially when I shaved mine off because it was so hot and my beard, my face was just sweating all the time. So I don't <laughs> know whether that's just me, but I, like I've said before, I am quite a sweaty gentleman. So I mean, I, I sweat easily, but I never notice any issues with having a sweaty beard. Uh, <laughs> I had to ask my wife if it was a problem on her end. I think that's the most disgusting phrase we've ever said on the podcast, sweaty beers. (laughs) We've said worse than that, come on. Uh, Yeah, I know, probably, but I don't remember it. We said bums away in reference to someone sticking (laughs) ammunition up their arse. (laughs) I quite enjoyed that statement. But yeah, I think it's nice having it long, and I think it, it it is a conversation starter, although I'm pretty sure you wouldn't like every conversation to start with. Ooh, beard. Like, oh, you've got a beard. I feel that could be a bit overused. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people have this desire to, like, touch it, which is problematic. It doesn't happen very often with with me. People try, but no one's actually got their hands into my beard in a long time. But, yeah, that's that's a weird instinct that some people have. Last time I went to watch my wife's football team playing, they had, like, an assistant coach. And the first thing he said to me was if he was allowed to rub my beard for good luck. And I just, like, gave him, like, dead stuff. (laughs) Like, no. (laughs) You can't put your hands on my face, uh, especially in these times. And yeah, one of the publicans we know in town saw him drunk once and he was like, you look like a Yeti and then tried to like touch my face. I was like, what are you doing? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Get back. To, like randomly touch each other is never, um, as we know, I'm not a fan of the physical contact with people you don't know so well, but especially your face. Like it's bad enough just, I, like mm. I get angsty when people like, pat my shoulder and i don't really know them i tend to flinch which puts them off <laughs> like no one wants they think that. you're about to attack well no i think they're just shocked that i'm like whoa what the fuck are you doing but yeah i'm not a fan i'm not a fan but i certainly don't want people touching my face so I, when i had my mohawk at university like especially on a night out it would get touched all the time like someone would always want to run their hands across the top of it but because it isn't like literally in your the most personal of personal spaces i i didn't it didn't upset me that much it'd be, sometimes be like hey, what are you doing but yeah fingers in your beard is is massively intimate it's really is way way too many steps too far i don't th- um, i don't think i've ever had a haircut that encouraged people to put that which probably says a lot about my hair more than anything but I've, I've, I've never been encouraging the people to to touch particularly what i don't like is and this has happened recently right where i've got on the u-bahn and there's someone not wearing shoes and the only seat is sort of yeah yeah like there's a lot of people for some reason the sun comes out barefoot yeah like walking U-bahn. through the city okay. and 
like the feet are stinking and like okay everyone's got different life choices but i feel like not wearing shoes is the most look at me life choice you can make <laughs> and it's like oh i just i'm a bit alternative and i'm like you really should grow out of that when you're like 19 20 like if you're in your 40s and you've made your, your life choices walking around with no shoes in the city i feel like that says t- i'm not I'm not someone that you want to spend a vast amount of time with, but doubly so if you're on the U-Bahn and hmm. you sit down. Like, if if I sit down next to someone with no shoes on, that's on me, right? There's more than once someone sat down to his, down next to his with no shoes on. I'm just like, oh, fucking hell, man. It's sweaty. Already you can smell BO in the air. I don't want to be smelling your stinking Ugh. feet. Like, but apparently that's like, it's totally acceptable. And it's free and easy. And... I feel like I should be more accepting of people's foibles, but at the same time, I don't get it. I don't know why is it beneficial? Like, why do people think that's a good thing to do? Like, it just doesn't, it just seems to me a little bit attention seeking, you know? Well, I mean, there's a huge difference between accepting someone's foibles and being made to deal with those foibles and, yeah, someone's naked feet Mm -hmm. in your immediate proximity. That's that's a violation of of many social codes. <laughs> I feel so. Like, you just don't do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But watch out for it. I bet you'll see a few knocking around Nuremberg. I did see some a couple of weeks ago walking through the city. Yeah. They were extremely. They they were dressed like they just got back from Kosan Road. Uh, so it was like, okay, your gap here is still going on. Fair play. I think once you get over, I mean, you, I, I forget what age you said, but I think once you've done your travelling, you're like it's thirty. Then it's time to put on some sandals, yeah. right? I'm not a huge advocate for anyone wearing sandals, but that's a good, that's an upgrade. It's, it's, it's why I have a tendency to smash bottles randomly in the street. <laughs> yeah, just piss everywhere on the floor. <laughs> I'll teach them. Just in the hope that I'll really fuck someone's day up when they're not wearing shoes. And it'll be a lesson to them. It'll be like a little Grimm's fairy tale for them. And the moral of the story is we wear shoes for a reason. But um, I'm probably a horrible person, really. Maybe that's... Maybe I need to seek out some help or something. <laughs> Sounds like there's some some rage issues. <laughs> oh, oh, mate, there's always rage issues. <laughs> so, speaking of people not wearing shoes and beards and rage. <laughs> Simon and I spent a, what I can only describe as a delightful Saturday watching fantastic punk bands playing at the Punk and Drublick concert festival. Music and beer festival is what they the call music it. Music and yeah. beer festival that was in Nuremberg, just outside yeah. the Frankenstadion in Nuremberg. And I can honestly say I have not had that much fun in a very, very long time. <laughs> it was perfect weather amazing music lots of beer uh met some interesting people and yeah it just felt like it felt like the pandemic had never happened that's kind of what it felt like mm. and it just felt i felt really free and like and just the whole thing from start to finish was just fun and there's a but the, the, the my abiding memory right one of the bands that simon and i really wanted to go see was days and days mm-hmm. and they're like they're, well simon you can talk talk more to it but they're like chaos punk and that's i think why i love them they're like mm-hmm. mad and screechy and <laughs> and that performance was was chaotic and lovely and fantastic but the my memory is we got there just as they hit the stage and we were walking through an avenue of massive trees that line the all the way around the stadium and 
just hearing them playing and getting closer and you could hear them and they were getting louder and louder and then we got into the field where it was on and it, it all opened up and you could see them on stage and I was just like, yeah, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that was that was my abiding memory. How did you find the uh, punk and drublick? I mean, music and beer festival. Yeah, the beer festival, we'll talk about that in a second. As I said, <laughs> Days and Days were one of the main reasons that we decided to go because uh, obviously, yeah, a festival isn't a decision to be taken lightly at this point Not in time. Like, it's, it was an, an intimidating prospect in many ways. But Days and Days are one of my favourite bands at the moment. They're from Houston, Texas. And what they call their style of music is actually H-Town thrash grass. So yeah, it's uh, like a, a bluegrass punk with some hillbilly influences. One of them plays an improvised bass that's made like the hillbillies, like a literally a steel drum on the bottom attached to a rope yeah. uh, on, a, on a piece of wood. They played a proper double bass uh, at, the, at the festival because I think they needed a bit more sound quality. Uh, and one of them plays a washboard. I was going to say the washboard's the key bit. <laughs> the washboard is pretty wild. I remember standing there with our first beer and us debating how, how it is that you play a washboard and you were like, mm-hmm. I think they've got... I think they got something on the fingers and then the light yeah. caught their fingers and you could see this flash and I was like, wow, it's amazing. <laughs> so yeah, so we learned we learned a bit about, about Houston musical instruments. It was, it was really amazing to see them. I wasn't sure when I'd get to see them live. And yeah, they played one of my favourite songs after we'd settled down for our first beer, a song called Saboteurs, yeah. uh, about um, the singer Jesse struggling with his his drug and alcohol problem this is a song that has resonated with me a lot so oh, i did actually have a, a little moment where i was like massively emotional yeah yeah um, because it was such a special like it was just a wave of like this is my favorite way to spend my time and it's finally something i can do again yeah. um and yeah to be there with nick was was truly absolutely fantastic our day was permeated by really loving man hugs yeah <laughs> just go, this is great <laughs> i love this i love you man yeah it was just it was so lovely yeah. it was really good and then we we're also joined uh by one of our friends heiko the hero man real hero of the hour yeah he, he was um heiko arrived just in time to i think see the bomb pops and when we first got there we got our first beers in like 10 people was the queue by the time Heiko arrived half an hour 40 minutes later the queue was just yeah. insane would you say we were about 100 meters away from this the the sort of stand I'd say roughly yeah 85 thereabouts like I think it was probably 100 meters across the whole space and it started the queue started like the queue was like a meter and then by the yeah. time he got there the queue was where we were we just could step backwards into the queue yeah at the right at the end so it was it was growing exponentially. His first queue took him forty five minutes. Yeah, the best bit the best bit of that, and this is speaks to the kind of man that Heiko is, right? <laughs> he said, "I'm getting in this queue because I need a drink. Do you want a drink?" So the first thing he does is is offer to buy us a drink. Yeah, and then I was like, "Well, I'll help you, and I'll keep you entertained." So I kept running back up the queue as he was moving along slowly and like laughing and doing a funny dance and sort of trying to keep his <laughs> spirits up. And I'm sure the people around him thought I was a bit of a nutcase, but he, Heiko seemed happy. <laughs> And then, and then, some way, somewhere around the sort of thirty-five minute mark, he was like, "I'm buying six beers, and I'm going to have three of them, and I'll give two to you." And, <laughs> and I was like, "Right, yeah, it makes sense, dude. Totally makes sense." And then I think ten minutes later, we, we was getting a bit closer, and we went, "I'm buying nine beers." <laughs> <laughs> so in that ten minutes, basically, he'd done the maths, and and then I did have to help him, so I had to run up to the top and, and help him out, and yeah he bought nine beers and that was the round every single yeah. round for about four rounds was nine beers for for the three of us and um i couldn't think of a better idea that anyone could have thought of yeah. it, it did work out really well and 
this is the second time we've been, to, well, I, that I myself and Heiko have been to a punk in Drublik. And the last one was held in Würzburg, um, which is just an hour down the road. And that event was a disaster because of how long you had to queue for beers. They had three places for beers at that event this year's we had one but you had to queue outside of where the music was played so you just went and queued in relative silence whereas at least at this event yeah in the queue you could still see the band you could still hear everything it was still involved yeah but it was absolutely insane that there was only one place selling alcohol and that that queue that 45 minute queue didn't stop from then on the rest of the day that's how long people had to queue so it wasn't a successful festival in terms of the beer festival side of it there wasn't much choice mm and only one place serving. But musically, it was uh, a really great day. Um, so we also saw, I think one of the highlights was also Talco, uh, who are an Italian uh, ska punk band. Yeah, they were really, really surprised us. They were really, really good. And they sang in Italian mm. and sometimes in German. And that was, that for me was like the the one that surprised us. And I, and I hadn't expected them to yeah. be good. Uh, Ign- Ignite played, but I can't say I'm a massive fan of the kind of emotional punk that they were had. Uh, I saw Orange County gate style like everything that pennywise created it, it was okay um but it felt kind of generic it did uh, another real highlight and i knew they were going to be good because I'd, I'd listened to a lot of them before on your recommendation with a me first and the gimme gimmies mm-hmm. and they were man they controlled that stage the yeah. guy the front the front man Spike. of that band he is i'd watch him all day he was hilarious <laughs> Cracking jokes, cracking wise. I think a lot of people were trying to sort of speak a bit of German. He came out and sang the first song in German. And obviously with the, the sort of American inflected um, pronunciation. But you're like, props to you. And then the band came out and they do covers. But his his shtick, that, and it, it never failed to make me laugh, was every time he started a new song, he goes, this is a cover. <laughs> <laughs> like your whole, your whole band is all about doing covers but he would announce every one as like this is a cover and and i'd said i'd said for the entire day i was like i'd listen one of my favorite songs that they do is jolene and it yeah. just i love that song on its own but i love it i love their version of it and i was like all i want to do is see me first and the gimme gimmies do this and they all come out with their like gold jackets mm-hmm. and their red shirts and they look immaculate they're like sort of stage presence and the first song they kick right into is Jolene, and I could have just, I could have ran on stage and hugged them. I was like, "This is all I wanted. All I wanted from your set was this, and you've given it to me in the first mm. round." So that was that was fantastic. And and what was what was sort of it was in that it was actually that. So they came on at maybe about four or five o'clock, and it was in that moment that things began to shift because people at the back who'd been sitting down previously started to move up. Hmm. when they came on because they were just raucous and entertaining so a lot of people started to shift out the queue and the queue started to reduce and i was like right well these are the opportunities to sort of buy beers so i'd get in the queue and there was so and so forth but you began to to, you knew at that point people are probably on the five five beer mark or six Mm -hmm. beer mark and things got began to get tastier and tastier in that queue as as more and more people got pissed because you know what i mean as 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 joking with people in the queue because they were talking to us and asking us where i was from we were chatting a bit in german a bit in english and and that old old chestnut of i made i'll make a mistake and then literally everyone around us switches to english and they're chatting to us in english and i was like mm-hmm. oh, i feel a bit uh, i feel so pinelick and everyone's like no no it's okay don't worry and uh they were like dead nice uh, my joke to them was well i love this because i get to listen to punk music and my second favorite thing is standing in queues <laughs> <laughs> like laughing and so like that like broke the ice quite nicely but you also had to countenance this german mentality that i've you rarely see 
you rarely see except in extreme circumstances this lack of patience and then a decision that I'm just going to do what I want. Yeah. So people were just pushing into queues. And my first encounter with it, um, I said to you that I'd had to, had an altercation with a bloke because I thought I was going to have to like knock him out because it was, <laughs> I was so angry because it just like it burns inside, you know, and mm. this whole British fair play aspect yeah, going yeah. on. And he pushed in, he pushed in and stood in front of us. And I tapped him on the shoulder and he didn't turn round. And so I tapped him on the shoulder with a little bit more force and he turned round and I was like, You're fucking joking. And he went, uh, and like he didn't know. And I was like, the cue's there. And he and he was like, mithered on and he and then he stood behind us. And I was like, Well, I'm not here to police the queue. No, yeah. He's not pushing in front of us. If the people behind want to cause bother, then I'll join them. But <laughs> they didn't. Anyway, and so that was my first encounter. And the queue wasn't even that big. And then Heiko and me got in the queue, waited for maybe 15 minutes. Actually, no, I got in the queue, waited for 15 minutes. The guy came up. And and then there's just people pushing in from all sides. And they started pushing each other. And that's when I was like, fuck, this is going to kick off. Like, And it had been really peaceful. And I've, oh, that's the thing mm. I said to you about punk gigs. Like, you know how peaceful they are. Yeah. And it started to kick off. And so I grabbed the guy next to us and I was just like, I just like, grabbed him by the shirt and moved him in front of us. And I was just like, just stop pushing. And he was like, yeah, yeah. And he, they weren't expecting me to speak English. And then what the guy in front started to turn around and shouting at me about pushing. And I was like, mate, you're right. You're totally right. No one should be pushing. Yeah. And, and he wasn't, I think he was surprised that that was my <laughs> approach was to be like, no, I totally agree with you. <laughs> and then, and then like, I was like, come on, everyone. And I was like singing, like, why can't we be friends? And everyone was like laughing and I managed to like sort of diffuse it. <laughs> but then by the end, everyone was like dead cheery, but I was really concerned that it was like, like, and that's what happens in those situations because people don't want to wait 45 minutes for a beer. Mm. And I think yeah, that's yeah. an organizational question, right? I mean, it's also, it's a fair enough request. No, you're paying what it was 70 euros for the ticket yeah and if you if you did do six beers that day which wouldn't be a huge amount for a whole day like you're losing like three hours to the queue and that's bullshit yeah. that, that should not happen at all mm-hmm. um so yeah hopefully the next time they come to town they'll be better organized um but just to finish with with who else we saw as well because the, the yeah, day's yeah, not quite course. done yet uh so the, the penultimate uh band was pennywise of course, are the Godfathers uh, of Southern California punk, uh, skate punk. The best bit of that was when they did the history of punk and they played mm-hmm. like a little bit. And they kept doing it. They play like a tiny bit of like some of the most famous punk songs. And they yeah. go, oh, that's all we know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then they move on to the next one and they just play it immaculately. And I was, I'm not a big fan of Pennywise, but I, I, that really made me think. Uh, I'm certainly listening to them a bit more now. They are really, really good. Everyone, all, a lot of punks, especially older punks, are, are huge fans. And they do have one song that I think is probably one of the best punk wrong, uh, punk songs to see live, which is Bro Him, because it has this yeah. like woo woo chant yeah. that everyone doesn't because of the resonance of the woo, like it really has like a vibration that goes through the whole crowd and it is, it is special. And everyone was singing, so everyone was singing. Everyone I've was got singing a, a really it. nice video yeah. of it. Uh, and then the final band, the headliners, and the organisers of the event was No Effects. I think that's my my seventh time. I think sixth time seeing No Effects, and they're just always incredible live. Uh, really, really so funny. Good. Just an incredible quality. Yeah, it was really, really great. Really, really fun day, and it was, it was therapeutic. It was only my third time. Only my third time here at seeing them. And I've seen them. I've seen various iterations of like chaos. And they look like chaos, but they play like some of the most accomplished musicians that, that you'll <laughs> ever see. And their live show is just yeah. so good. But um, 
I think by that point, I was, I was, I was again diffusing some altercation between mm. two randoms, and so I was having my ear chewed off by this, this, this random talking to us about everything. And I was like, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> and like my eyes were like dark looking and just going, "Ah, uh-huh, yeah, great, great, uh-huh, uh-huh. And I was like trying to move, and just one of those things where I was trying to move back to our group, oh, okay. and they kept following me. So by the end of it, I, I was behind you. I'd started basically on the, the right-hand side of you and I'd move around behind you by the end of the conversation. And eventually, I think two songs to go, they sort of decided to go back to their friends or something. And I was just like, oh, God. Like, but I did catch the majority of it, so I didn't feel too shortchanged. At that point, I'd had 10 beers. So I don't, I really, <laughs> don't really remember that, that much about what was going on with you. <laughs> I, was just, I was just in love with everything and everyone. I just was like dead happy and I wanted everyone else to be happy. So yeah, but what a, what a great, great time to be had. But um, the other side of the coin on this was that the day before, had been your wife's birthday indeed yeah we tied one on there as well <laughs> oh yeah we really did and maybe too hard i think we went too too fast too hard but we uh i arrived at your party just after the the major storm that we had mm. which felt like the world was ending and um, i saw some pics pics from um from sandra yeah her her town had been hit pretty pretty hard by the storms and it looked like devastation but i got to yours and, and your house was basically just a sauna because there's water like sort of in people and mm. and 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 just a really thick um, air and the first thing he did was like we'll go down to the basement and get a beer and and i was like oh right and we went in the basement and i think we came out for a couple of hours and then we just went all of us went in the basement yeah. it was so cold it was like cool and you had like 80s like an 80s disco in the basement pretty much hilarious. yeah <laughs> I got so drunk, so drunk that I was like, I think I might be sick, <laughs> uh, which doesn't happen that often. But like, it, it, it was you were pulling out bottles of schnapps and yeah. being the being the host with the most, and uh, <laughs> your, your darling wife was was doing exactly the same thing. So it was like double rounds. She would make a beer with <laughs> like, oh, and then uh, yeah, and then and then it sort of slowly tailed off. And I believe it ended with you on the floor. Yeah, I did. I did have a, I had a little nap <laughs> on the living room floor. It felt so comfortable. It was like you a looked cold so comfortable, floor. dude. It was good. You look, you look like you were having a riot. Um, <laughs> but, but then we both woke up, and I was I was ruined for about four hours of of the day, and I couldn't work out how I was going to get to punk and drublick <laughs> and i think you had you had a conto beer didn't you i did i had i had a conto radler it started very easy but i knew that i was gonna have to have a drink just to like calm my nerves before dealing with yeah. a huge crowd and yeah after two beers at the festival all the, all those worries were gone they they drifted away into the night it was lovely the first beer really sorted me out and after that there was no looking back but i was concerned that i was gonna just ko on the floor so i'm glad that didn't happen but yeah what a lovely weekend we had yeah i hope Hope we have more in the future. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, so any punk rock fans out there listening, it's definitely worth checking out Punk and Droplet, but maybe do a bit of yep. drinking before you go, uh, just to avoid those cues. So the time has come exciting times for often of a care and public transport in germany it is now possible to buy the nine euro ticket 
Uh, so, Nick, have you got yours? Have you, have you paid up for next month? Oh, no, not yet. Um, I was trying to work out on the machine today if it had like an option, but I didn't. don't think it did. Not yet, anyway. Maybe it just needs to be updated. But I mean, there was a bit of like to and fro, wasn't there, with regards to that? Because there was some kind of issue with the states and some people trying to block it. And Yeah, Bayern tried to block it. They're, they're, they threatened legal action. It's ridiculous, that. So ridiculous. Was that is that the bloody CSU again? It Alex? may have been, yes. Well, I mean, the, the, of course, they, Nuremberg has been talking for a little while about having the 365 ticket, where it was basically a euro a day uh, for public transport in the city. And then they decided maybe two months ago, I think we spoke about it on the show, that the yeah. city had... Uh, had cancelled that idea because of the cost uh, and so then having <laughs> having berlin turn up and be like not only are you going to do the 365 you're going to do it for nine euros a month further reducing your your takings on these uh on these services so yeah the yeah. state uh and soda and his crew have decided to, to put some legal action i'm not sure what will come from come of it if anything i have my ticket so and i bought it through the deutsche bahn app and yeah so I don't think they can take it from me now. Yeah, I mean, it seems a little bit like I know. I know that the opposition in Germany are so like bereft of anything interesting to say. So they've just become that party of like the contrarian party. Where if the government says the sky is blue, then they're going no. I think it's turquoise <laughs> or some shit, you know. So, but like apparently now, I think that Söder, at least Mukherjee, he's reporting that Söder has has set. Uh, gives his his go ahead via twitter of course because everything is via <laughs> twitter nowadays but he hasn't really answered like a lot of the questions around it with regards to certain aspects but it seems like he's well it's done now isn't it so uh no monthly tickets for for buses trains in the summer will will start yeah so 23rd of may they went on sale to try and uh, stop this like crazy rush that's going to happen otherwise on the first of the month and yeah fifty thousand people had bought tickets within a couple of hours so we'll see how how quickly that number uh, jumps up but it's going to be a very very popular thing yeah i, I imagine so i think well the, the, this was the argument that that was put forward by Bayern's transport minister uh mr christian burnwriter who is of course csu and he said in a statement <laughs> if the federal government believes that it can be applauded on the back of the federal states for a three-month consolation patch that others should pay the bill then it was hugely mistaken and i'm just like you just hate <laughs> you hate everything don't you you hate anything that's good i wasn't going to vote for you before but now like i'm 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 going to see if I can get a minus vote in there. But he, I mean, Serda, Serda, um, uh, at the last minute, the hero that he is decided that it was okay. Uh, and he said, the tickets must not be a flash in the pan. And you're just like, shut up, Soda, man. Like, no one cares. You're irrelevant. Just get over it. Get over your irrelevancy. <laughs> yeah, I wonder how much the CSU had against the idea of putting a reduction on petrol prices for consumers. I'm sure they were much more interested. In I'd that, be yeah. like, oh, yeah, we need we need tax yeah. cuts. But they're not short term because yeah. they're saying they should do it. I mean, I mean, this is going to cost a lot of money. The The government's talking about providing 2.5 billion euros to compensate for the loss of income and there's also been calls for the federal states for more money in general for local passenger transport which is fine but again the csu's been in power forever like forever like when you've been in power since the 50s in bavaria mm. and now you now you're bleating on about it i do feel it's a bit rich but i mean it's it's generally such a positive thing though obviously people who have to use have been using public transport as their normal way of getting around and now seeing a huge saving uh, which will definitely help with cost of living and people 
like me who live now in the suburbs and use the car more than they used to it's a really good motivation okay yeah i'll, I'll take the train this time instead um so it will mm-hmm. it will reduce the the emissions uh, by by the car driving percentage of germany which i think is like 37 million uh, people yeah. who own cars so yeah i think it's really good the only downside that i really see was well, a couple obviously trains are going to be more crowded uh, which isn't great for people dealing with the anxieties of dealing with crowds again uh, in times of corona and then corona like yeah. there's a real chance that this could cause a lot of outbreak and transmission on trains because they're going to be a lot busier uh, especially once holiday season kicks in well the mask inflict is in mm-hmm. place on the trains and i was traveling on trains today uh not well i was trying on the tram today but i've been traveling on trains to yours over the weekend and it seemed like m- most of everybody was following those rules yeah. to the letter even as they sweltered on friday afternoon i just think it's a good i mean yeah it is a good idea you want to get people traveling mm-hmm. around and, and it's a good chance for people who can't afford usually to maybe go on holiday to get something a bit cheaper yeah. They can maybe get a better bit of accommodation or go camping or whatever. I don't see the downsides, and it seems like pointless to argue not to do it. And also, when it's it's just so badly expressed, there are some obvious sort of not loopholes, shall we say, but there is some things that we need to think about. There's certain regulations. There's certain issues with regards to long distance tra- uh, travel because apparently there's a misunderstanding about the validity of of it being all over Germany but only in local and regional traffic. So you can only or local and regional trains. You can use the uh, the subway, I think, in some instances. Yep. Uh, S-Bahn in Munich. Uh, the bus in Berlin. This, I think the subway in Hamburg is available. Uh, you can't travel with the ICE or IC uh, trains, the high-speed rail. That's mm-hmm. not included. But you can jump from regional train to regional train, should you so desire using the, the 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 very app that you bought your ticket with so that's yeah. good no first class sadly obviously <laughs> i don't think it's valid abroad is it no no it's definitely it's only bundesweit only national but i mean if you did want to take a holiday let's say the netherlands my wife and i thought about going to the netherlands and the, just the cost of driving up there with the price of petrol made us yeah. think okay no let's not do that right now but yeah you get the train up to Nordrand westfalen and then drive over from there or or pay for a train there are lots of options and yeah suddenly a holiday in the netherlands is, is far more affordable than it would have been a couple of months ago so yeah do beware as well because the ticket doesn't cover bicycles on public transport this is true so you might- yeah you, you might need to be aware of that. Does does actually though some ferries Berlin and Hamburg you can you can access using it. There is little things that apps might do to to sort of trick you out of money. Um, I mean we we had this just with the buying ticket. <laughs> for those who aren't based in Bayern, might not know what the buying ticket is. You pay twenty five euros and you can travel anywhere in Bayern, usually over twenty four hours. Mm-hmm. And I buy mine through the app. And then on Friday, I bought a ticket. Even my wife didn't know this, so she wasn't actually annoyed that I wasted money, but I oh. bought a ticket on Friday, and I was pleasantly surprised by that too. Nice. Uh, <laughs> uh, I bought a ticket on Friday, it got Simon's for 25 euros, and then on Sunday when I was traveling back, I bought another ticket. Turns out the ticket's valid for the entire weekend, but the app chose not to inform me of that piece of information, although it knew that I already had a buying ticket. <laughs> so I felt a little bit like... That seems like a built-in way of ensuring people fuck up and actually spend more money than they intend. Barring that, I think it is a very pleasant idea. And you get to see some lovely parts of Germany if you get the chance. I like the idea of, maybe I'll get to go to Munster this year. Yeah, Munster's lovely. 
Really nice. I've been wanting to go to Munster for, for eons. I'm going to Hamburg, but sadly we have to travel by ICE because I don't have a lot of time to, to, to spend. Yeah, it takes there. a long time on regional band to get up to Hamburg oh, yeah. from here, yeah. Probably in nine, nine days or something. <laughs> it takes like seven hours or something on the ICE, so it's going to take, and that's one stop. Uh, so it's already going to, yeah, tell me about it. So it's already going to take a bit of time. But there's like lots of just, there's lots of places that I was thinking about where I'll maybe not go because... 20 euros seems a bit excessive so places like bamberg mm-hmm. regensburg um if you're in your in your area traveling to munich might be something i'm gonna try and um call a marty and get him to take me for a beer in munich if mm-hmm. i get the chance convince him to come back on the podcast but yeah there's loads of different and or even better just hopping on a train and getting off somewhere that looks interesting okay you've yeah, got yeah. that you've got that that advantage right a quiet sunday go see what's out there you know that's kind of what it's all about too do you do you not think yeah absolutely i mean there are lots of local businesses uh lots of nice restaurants and and, and places that sell beer available at almost every halterstelle all across bavaria uh so yeah it's definitely a good way to spend some some uh some lazy sundays so listener go forth yeah and find germany it might not be as far away as you might think. Yeah, tickets are available through the Automaten, through the machines. You can also buy them through your local provider's app. I went for Deutsche Bahn because I figured that's just the one that's going to be recognized by all authorities without any issue. Uh, but yeah, of course. Yeah, check it out. Have fun. Once you've got your nine euro ticket from Deutsche Bahn, where the hell are you going to go? Yeah, okay, you could spend a random time traveling to some random destination, but it wouldn't be decades from home if we left you hanging without some good ideas for general holiday planning. Mm. Uh, we've purloined a list yeah. from... <laughs> Pilford. <laughs> yeah, the, theculturetrip.com. You're getting your plug right yeah. now, which has some suggestions for the most scenic train journeys mm. in Germany. And my, if the photos are anything to be believed, they're quite yeah. scenic. So we've got the first one is the Hullentalbahn, yep. which is Freiburg in Breisgau to Donaushingen, I believe is how you pronounce it. I've never seen that word before in my life. <laughs> <laughs> so the Hullentalbahn, which is actually translates as Hell Valley Railway. Ooh. It's apparently a lovely journey that takes you through the Black Forest. I've never been to the Black Forest, so that sounds like... Yeah, Schwarzwald's lovely. Really, really nice. Yeah, I've heard a lot of good things about it. Lots of trees, and I believe at the top of <laughs> at the top of all the trees are cherries, right? That's what I've learned from <laughs> eating eating Black Forest gattos all my life. Yeah, you can't just base everything you know <laughs> of cakes. <laughs> are you sure? Yeah, I wish it worked that way. <laughs> All right. Well, that's a shame. I feel like I've been shortchanged, but no matter. <laughs> and so you can go from Freiburg to Donaushingen, and then you can go over the Dreisen River Valley, mm-hmm. which is apparently one of the most beautiful areas of the country. It's got some steep railway lines. The steepest. The steepest, steepest railway really? lines in the country. Yeah, yeah. My God. So yeah, just wait for your ears to pop. And apparently well, the, the best part of this whole thing is going over the Ravenna Bridge. Mm. So the R- Ravenna Brooker. Yeah, crossing the Ravenna Gorge on the Ravenna Brooker, yeah. Yeah, it looks like a nice... I mean, I don't want to sound um, unimpressed, but it does look like the the normal rail bridge in Newcastle-upon-Tyne, so I'm not well, sure I mean, more insulted yeah, I, by that. I did worry you were going to bring all... this up. <laughs> <laughs> 
like it is it's a beautiful bridge but there are a lot of bridges that look quite similar because of what the romans built <laughs> it's very sort of aqueduct looking in its style come on it's a regan Arban. it's nine euros and you're going to travel through this beautiful valley across this beautiful bridge along the hell valley like that's that's a holiday literally there right for nine euros it's great if you get a double decker train then you mm-hmm. get to experience the terror of being on the <laughs> top deck while you look over the side because those yeah. windows i didn't appreciate how uh how close you are to those windows mm. <laughs> until i sat on the double decker train carriage which in itself is a bit of a funny thing to see it looks right on to be honest yeah. it looks really really worthwhile so what's up next simon Next, we've got uh, Cologne to Mainz, or Cologne uh, to Mainz. Uh, and of course, to get between those two places, you're going through the Rhine Valley. And the journey itself is uh, about 140 kilometers, hour and 40 minutes on the train. Uh, and on the way, you can stop in the, in the glorious town of Koblenz. Oh, yes. Nice little addition on that journey there as well. And yeah, you see the Rhine the Rhine the whole way flanked by the cliffs ships off in the horizon and these beautiful little towns like scattered along the along the journey it really is hugely picturesque and then over on top of these valleys uh, you have these like ancient castles as well and um, I think for a lot of people going along the Rhine on a river boat is one of those mm. like normal I've retired I'm European <laughs> I'm going to Germany I'm going to do a river boat down the Rhine and of course, that's nice. Uh, but if you want to do it in an hour and 40 minutes, then the train is your friend. So yeah, it is. It's really, really good. If you are traveling from Cologne to Mainz, uh, then the hot tip is to get a seat on the left hand side uh, for the best, best views. Uh, if you're doing the other way, Mainz to Cologne, do the right hand side. And then you can like fight with people about the reservation, uh, about getting the best view. To your right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is this this is the Mosel the Mosel Valley? Is that what it's called? The sort of where the Rhine is, and it's got all those sort of beautiful houses mm-hmm. and the lovely ships and everything. I mean, you know me, I'm a sucker for a castle, so anything that anything that looks gothic is going to really float my boat. So it looks like there's a, just having some a look at some Google images. It looks wild, man. It's beautiful. Stolzenfels Castle. Yeah, Ehrenfels Castle is also very pretty. Bergelts is another one. The whole region is wine country as well. And so you have these really beautifully manicured uh, wine hills going up the valley as well. Uh, it's it's really it's a stunning part of the nation well you can't have everything i suppose if you have to have wine then it's a good <laughs> second best no i'm only joking i bet it's lovely i bet it's lovely i've been to mines before i went to there it was a curious beer festival where there was a lot more wine being drunk than beer but beside that yeah it's the mines is a lovely city too yeah it's really really got a beautiful city center so yeah check it out um oh this is very much us Constance to Offenburg. So mm. you can go from the lovely environs of Constance by the Bordensee, or as English speakers will know it, Lake Constance, which borders Germany, Switzerland, and Austria, I think is right. Is that right? Is Italy as well? I know borders basically everyone. I can't remember. Right. Three countries at least. There's definitely, I've definitely <laughs> seen a lot of Swiss people knocking about in their motorboats. Anyway, we don't, you don't come to see us for the geography uh, <laughs> or the accuracy of our information. And it takes you to, again, back to the Black Forest and it covers roughly 129 kilometers in only three hours and 55 minutes. 
My God. Why, why haven't we been traveling by trains all our lives? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Constance is, yeah, man, like that is one of the really best places. Swimming in mm. the lake, uh, in the Borden Sea is, is a wild experience. I got attacked by a swan last time I did it. So maybe <laughs> maybe avoid doing that if you can. Oh, uh, yeah. My, my brother saved me. It was, he was very heroic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, as as you'll uh, probably imagine, being attacked by a swan was not so heroic. <laughs> yeah, so avoid getting attacked by swans. But it's that is a beautiful area. It's got some beautiful uh, walks. the The water's lovely. Uh, restaurants are all sort of catering towards tourists. So that's a that's a good place to to start off. But yeah, you're going to get some some lovely sights as it sort of makes its way through its three-hour odd journey. Yeah, the Hornberg Viaduct is definitely one of the highlights there, like yeah. travelling through this town of Hornberg on top of a viaduct. That's pretty unusual. The views look pretty impressive. But I do mm. feel that Simon's got the best of the uh, the best of the bunch in his next offering. So I mean, this next one is, 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 is about as German as it gets, really. You're doing München, Munich to Neuschwanstein. Everyone's idea of what a castle is, is Neuschwanstein. And with this, you can do it in it's 90 kilometers from Munich, and you're heading down to Fussen. And it's just one of the most beautiful parts of Europe, yeah. I'd say. That stretch is just stunning. Lush meadows, rolling hills, tiny villages, all super picturesque and Bavarian. It's one of those things that, I mean, we've all seen this castle pictured everywhere. Uh, every t- tourist authority in the nation yeah. has used this in part of advertising Germany. But when you see it for real, it is just such a stunning building, a stunning feat of yeah, mad royalness. Yeah, it is. A, it is a big bundle of insanity when you see yeah. it for sure. Yeah. If you've watched Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, you will have seen it because it is in Chitty indeed, Chitty Bang indeed. Bang. And of course, it was the 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 project of Ludwig the Second. Uh, who is yeah pretty iconic to the tales of of, of Bayern? Uh, so it is. It's every tourist that does again the retired trip around Germany. Uh, they've done the Rhine, then they head down to Neuschwanstein, uh, and it is it's, it's really really fantastic. And another tip for the, which side of the, <laughs> of the train to sit on. Um, yeah, from the train, if you're heading uh, from Munich, you need to sit on the left hand side. Uh, to get the perfect Makes shot sense. Sense. Uh, of the castle. But if you can't get on the left side, you're going to see the castle anyway because you're not going to go to Fussen for much else apart from going to see there. I will stick up for Fussen because I was of the same mind until last year when we went. And maybe it was because we've been in lockdown for so long and we finally got out of the house and the only place we went to was Fussen. But it is beautiful. But what it does have that mm-hmm. you might... Because it's not a place I knew very well. First and foremost... It's got some tremendous um, uh, ice dealers, so ice cream places, um, which is which is a, a good start. But what it has is is it the Wald Waldelebnis Centrum? I think it's what it's called, and this is like a sort of outdoor center. But it's got this walkway through the woods mm-hmm. that is. Oh man, we got it on the perfect day. They could see the mountains and you're just walking through the, the tops of the trees and loads of lovely views everywhere. It was really quiet as well. We sort of went towards the end of the day. So it was just, yeah, it's just lovely and, and, and a really nice, um, walk around the sort of countryside. So it's definitely worth that. Although I do understand that the majority of people are going to see the lovely magical Disney castle. Mm-hmm. I mean, fair enough. <laughs> I understand. Yeah, it takes that big old box on your things to see and do in Germany if you're a tourist here for sure. It's always mind blowing. I'd always 100%. ask my students at the university, how many of you have been to Neuschwanstein? And even though we live a few hours from there, it wasn't the majority ever. 
very few times have made the pilgrimage <laughs> to, to this uh, Luxus castle. So yeah, it's, it's definitely one for everyone, not just for international tourists. I think I've been there five times at this point. That's that's too many times. I think I think I've done I've done twice. And and if you get a chance, you can go to Garmisch Partenkirchen, which don't mm-hmm. drive there because that's what the insane people do. You get stuck in traffic forever. But it's where I'll always remember Garmisch Partenkirchen for two reasons. Because I think it was the base for England during the 2006 World it Cup. It was, yeah. And the second reason is that it's where I watched England play Croatia in the opening game of the European Championships last year, surrounded mm-hmm. by the only English fan, I think, in the entire whole of Garmisch Partenkirchen. And I happened to choose <laughs> the Croatian bar in which to watch the football. And my God, those <laughs> Croatians were lovely. And the whole experience was delightful. So I've got, a, I've got a very soft spot for that entire area, whether it's the castle, whether it's the walkway in Fursen, or um, some random Croatian bar in uh, in Garmisch Partenkirchen. <laughs> so where's next, Nick? Next up is Munich to Mittenwald. And this takes around about an hour and 51 minutes. So it's quite short in comparison to the others. This is about 81 kilometers. And it is one of the most beautiful alpine towns is Mittenwald, apparently. I can't say I've been, but if it's anything like Garmisch, it probably is. I mean, the, the, the images, I'll be honest, do look like Garmisch. Like if you can imagine what a German mountain town <laughs> might look like, it looks exactly like that. Very uh, wood beams, lots of wooden balconies. The, the sort of mountain Germans do love painting murals on yeah. the walls. So there's lots of painted windows and decorative pieces everywhere. So that is quite magical. Again, For me, there is really nothing quite like being in the mountains any time of year. It is, for me, the best thing about living here. Um, I'd never seen a mountain until the first time my wife took me to the Alps. And and it was just, it's just really captured my, my heart, to be honest. Not necessarily great in the winter, but you're going in the summer, hopefully. So it should be pretty beautiful. Middenwald really, it it makes me think of sound of music. It just looks, looks like the world is in glorious technicolor everything's sort of positive i want to sing in a meadow oh yeah there's definitely opportunities to dress up as a nun and do twirls <laughs> on top of mountaintops but less of my sexual peccadillos <laughs> uh, let's move on uh, so the next one uh, that we can talk about is the three lakes railway uh, it's freiburg in, in breisgau to seabrug um and this is part of and connected to the Hullentalbahn, which Nick's already mentioned as the Hell Valley Railway. So you could normally with the Hell Valley Railway you can go all the way to Freiburg. Um sorry, from you can go all the way from Freiburg to Donaushingen, or you can diverge southwards on the Dreiseebahn, the Three Lakes Railway, uh from the Titizi station. Uh Titizi is one of my favourite words in the whole of German because it sounds like Titty and it's got C on the end. <laughs> Uh, he's a simple man, Simon. He's a simple man. Yeah. He knows what he likes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and this, uh, the Dry Seabahn, the three Lake railway, is called this because, surprisingly, it crosses the three famous Black Forest lakes. Of course. Uh, Titizi, Windfelevaya. I might have said that wrong. It's got a D, a G, and an F <laughs> in concurrence there. Uh, and the Schluxi. And that ends at the Seabrook Station. So, yeah, you're able to see three glorious lakes in the black forest and soon after leaving titisi uh, you'll be rewarded with just uninterrupted beautiful views of the berental the bear valley another Ooh. great valley name there uh, and the felber berental station at 967 meters above sea level is the most elevated point on the course you're nearly a kilometer up your crazy gits and all of this for nine euros on the train i know can you believe it yeah it's it's really a lovely little uh lovely little journey and you don't even have to worry about when you arrive at the station because it goes every hour from freiburg this train um 
so yeah, you don't even really need to plan with any sort of real accuracy which trains and when you can be very laissez-faire about it. It's, it's a really, really nice part of the Black Forest with lakes and you can say titty Z. Look, there's a titty out the window. That's, that's just going to be fun for the whole family. <laughs> of course, especially if they're English speakers. But yeah. uh, and like in kilometers, doesn't it's like a it's like a half a day trip, isn't it? It's not bad. You can yeah. do there and back, not not too much pain. What I do want to do, I mean, that's the sort of the the, the all the ones you could access with a nine uh, euro ticket. But I would like to make a special mention for a, a train that is on the list, but I don't think is included on the nine euro ticket, but is one that I would heartily recommend given my love of the mountains, which is the Zugspitze Railway. Mm-hmm. And the Zugspitze is one of the highest mountains. If not, is it not the highest It's mountain? the highest, yeah. Yeah, there you go. I, I knew some stuff once. Um, and it's... <laughs> And it's what they call a rack railway, and, and it looks like an oldie timey railway. I'm not sure how delightful it'll be in like 35 degree weather, but uh, you can certainly try it out. And it runs from Garmisch to the Zugspitze, making it the highest ra- railway route in the country and the biggest ascent in Europe, in fact. So if you're really lazy and you want to see <laughs> Garmisch, but you also want to go to the top of the Zugspitze, which is probably sensible given the amount of lives it's claimed in its history, um, it's not it's it's not the kind of mountain that you want to take on in your first run for instance and yeah uh, you can you can take this railway and go see it and i can heartily recommend it because you can visit a croatian bar that i once drank in that <laughs> might still be terrible i can't really remember i was a bit drunk afterwards but uh, you definitely get to see the mountains and you get to see some of the the most lovely parts of bavaria so when the bavarian tourist board finally realize who we are and what we're doing what kind of service we're providing mm. for them uh, maybe they'll give us a free trip on the uh, the old Zugspitze railway. I mean, yes, it's nearly three thousand meters at the top. Like, I'm not, I'm not great with heights. <laughs> not sure how happy I'd be at the top of the Zugspitze. All I'll say to you, mate, don't look down. Uh, that, that'll, yeah. re- that'll really turn your stomach. <laughs> yeah. Of course, uh, from the train station to get to the very top, it isn't train all the way to the summit. Uh, there is a cable car. Uh, to take you up there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The, the Germans aren't that amazing <laughs> with their engineering skills. <laughs> it's just, it's just totally perpendicular. It's just taking you up, taking you up. You just have the gravity-defying railway trains. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who said Germany wasn't a modern nation? Eh? Hello zusammen. Servus. Us to the end of the show. Sorry, trampling over Nick Servus. How rude of me. Yeah, I'm good. Uh, that brings us to the end of the show. Uh, we're off to see which of these really is the best train journeys in Germany. So choo-choo chumps paying more than nine euro. <laughs> and if you're enjoying the podcast, why not give us a rating on iTunes, which only takes a minute and can really help us. You can also do the star ratings on Spotify, do some star ratings on Google Podcasts, do some star ratings and um, other ratings on iTunes. Just give us stars, all right? And give us some star ratings and and a review on good pods. All of these things will help us. And if our impassioned thanks and general uh, oral hugs don't uh, oral don't, hugs yeah i know i know i felt i felt dirty after Christ. i said that for sure but you know i'm sticking to it we're hugging your ears with our delightful uh banter yeah repay the favor go go and give us a rating write a review all of this stuff really helps the show so do your duty listener that's all we ever ask anyway if you don't fancy doing that you can retweet us share a link or post with the hashtag decades from home 
all lowercase on Twitter or Instagram. You can also support the podcast by going to ko-fi.com slash decades from home, all one word, and contributing to keep us well stocked with uh, nine euro t- train mm. tickets and obviously fine cups of tea and um, I'd say beer, but after the last weekend, I'm probably bought yeah, beer out. Just mineral water <laughs> for, for a while now. Yeah. Just mineral water. <laughs> just. I just like some Sprudelwasser, please. <laughs> mit blub. Um, mit blub. If you would prefer to donate to uh, people who are much more deserving than us, we have links in the show notes for various charities that are supporting refugees who have yeah, fled Ukraine, uh, as well as people who are still in ukraine so go have a look at those links and donate some money for to a really really worthy cause as ever if you do have any questions some feedback or maybe an article or topic you'd like us to cover you can tweet me simon on at decades from home on twitter and you can tweet nick at at 40 percent german uh, you can also email us at 40 percent german at gmail.com and if you have time, take a look at 40percentgerman.com where there are weekly articles up every single Saturday. All that's left to say is thanks and bis zum nächsten Mal. Ne? Ciao. Tschüss. Adieu.